fame is a testament to what kind of player and person he is. We couldn't be more excited. We were all celebrating last night when we heard the news and really excited to see what happens in Houston. Um, he is truly a member of this team on and off the field. I also want to congratulate T.O., huge part of the 2004 season um, and our effort to win a world championship. Uh, wish both of them the best of luck as we go forward here. I also want to start by thanking our fans. Uh, the support they showed throughout this season, the energy they brought. Obviously, the results weren't satisfactory for all of us, but wanted to start by saying thank you to all of them. As we look back at where we stood last year, we were sitting here without a second round pick, with no quarterback under contract, with a lot of free agents, not only last offseason, but this offseason. We felt like we had to do things to address that for the future of this franchise. It started with the quarterback position. Being able to move up from 13 to 2 and get Carson Wentz was something we were really excited about. We understood with the amount of resources we put into that trade that it was going to be hard to do a lot else. But we also felt there was value in free agency and the draft at the O-line position. By getting some offensive linemen and Brandon Brooks and Wiz in free agency, and then coming back in the draft with our third and fifth round pick and getting offensive linemen, we felt really good that we were able to address those two spots. When we look at our team going forward, we got a 24-year-old quarterback. We got a 25-year-old highest paid player. We got to make sure we surround that talent with people who can be here and build with them. Off the field, we made a huge addition. Bringing Joe Douglas here with his insight, with his leadership, his ability to lead the draft room, his ability to put the free agent board together, we think he's going to be a huge addition for the staff. He's already added valuable input into what he's looking for in players, what he thinks he can bring to this team, and we can't wait to see what he has in store for us in March. Questions? As far as the, as, as the 2016 season, what's your evaluation of it and of, of, of Doug and Carson specifically? Well, starting with Carson, um, Carson missed the final three preseason games, missed the month of training camp. He was notified he was a starting quarterback eight days before the start of the season. His competitive fire, his intangible skill set, his physical skill set, we couldn't be more excited about the things that he brings to the table and see what he's going to do with a full off season um, and opportunity to grow here in year two. As for Doug, uh, you talk about facing adversity. Uh, head coach comes in and our right tackle suspended for 10 games. Uh, our starting quarterbacks traded eight days before the start of the regular season. And the way the players responded, certainly towards the end of the season, you could see how the players felt about him. And again, just looking forward to him getting better and continuing to grow like all of us in our jobs. And the you know, it's never satisfactory when we're sitting here having a press conference in January. But uh, the reality is that when we made this decision to trade up for the quarterback, uh, we're going to build around him. When we re-signed Fletch, we knew we had a 25-year-old that we were going to build around. And we're going to stick to our plan. We're going to be disciplined with our process. And we're going to do the right things for this football team. Howie, having uh, seen the effect Lane Johnson's 10-game suspension had on the team, what would your philosophy be? and potentially, you know, trading or signing for another player who has had been suspended previously for, you know, once or twice? 
Well, you gotta look at each situation individually. Um, with Lane, we know Lane really well. Very disappointing to not have him for those 10 games. Uh, he's a difference maker when he's on the field and we need him going forward. You mentioned uh, Joe Douglas. How much has have things changed with him being in the building? Um, how has he made an impact so far? Will the process change with him being here? Well, he's made a huge addition to the building. You know, the first thing he did was bring in Andy Weidel uh, to have someone who spoke his same language. Um, he's got tremendous presence, um, Joe and Andy. He's got a way of looking and evaluating players that is different than what we've done in the past. And quite frankly, we needed that. Um, he has full reign to set the draft board. Um, he's involved in every discussion we have about building this team. And I think we'll start seeing dividends. We saw some of them with our waiver cuts, and I think we'll continue to see dividends as we go through the offseason. you say he has full reign to set the draft board, does that mean he'll have the say for whoever you guys pick, or will that still be a discussion when you come to? No, it's a collaborative effort when we talk about who we're picking. Um, and at the end of the day, the responsibility is mine. Howie, um, this is kind of an unusual year you have coming up in that you don't have the normal cap flexibility. You know, how important does that make? Oh, having a higher batting average, I guess, uh, you know, with everything that you do in the offseason. No question. It's a unique situation for us as an organization. Um, part of the SAM trade was to get some flexibility back. Uh, but we're going to have to make some hard decisions and uh, do the right things for our team, not only for this year, but going forward. What are the positions that need to improve in 2017 for the team to become successful? Well, when we started this last offseason and started to put our plan into place, um, we're not even close to implementing all of it. Um, we got a lot of work to do. We're going to stick to our plan, but certainly don't want to give the answers to the test to anyone watching this or listening to us. Uh, Howie, um, you, you gave out a number of in-house extensions. How do you look back upon those, specifically the one to Vinnie Curry? Yeah, uh, when we sat down again last year and uh, looked at the foreseeable future, and the opportunities for guys on our roster to be free agents, we felt like uh, it was like a layer cake. We needed to add to the talent base, not start subtracting to it. Um, certainly sitting here now, we could be looking at Fletch, Malcolm Jenkins, Darren Sproles, Zach Ertz, um, among Benny Logan and Wiz, to name a few, to be free agents right now. <coughs> In terms of Vinny, uh, Vinny continued to get better in this scheme. He's moved around a lot. He's been in a lot of different schemes. Um, we think he's going to continue to get better. Uh, we're really excited that he's on this football team. If, if I could just follow up, too, on um, uh, the contract extension you gave Lane Johnson kind of projects him to eventually be the left tackle. You face a difficult situation with Jason Peters about whether to bring him back. One, do you want to bring Jason Peters back? And two, do you want to bring him back as a left tackle at that number, considering that Lane's salary starts to increase? The first part with Jason Peters, uh, we started this press conference talking about Brian Dawkins. Um, I have no doubt that at some point we'll be saying the same things about Jason Peters. Uh, he has really ingrained himself as a leader of this football team. Anyone who watched us play saw the impact he has on the game. Um, we certainly want to have him back. Howie, you mentioned that Joe Douglas has a way of evaluating players that's a little different than the way you've done it in the past. Can you kind of... Uh, get a little bit more specific about what you meant by that? Yeah, I think when we look at uh, the success the Ravens had, and certainly they've won two world championships since the start of the century, uh, what they're looking for and the traits they're looking for in particular positions uh, fits the way that this city is built, too. And um, 
we want to find whatever ways there are to improve this team and to improve the quality of players on this team. And uh, I'm really confident that we have the right people in our scouting staff to do that. Howie, if you look at Eric Rowe, he started seven games on a team that won 14-2. and two. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't he play here? When we sat down and discussed the offer, uh, we really started thinking about, as we sat at that time, the likelihood that we'd assign him to an extension. Um, we want to build this team with some continuity. We felt at that time that we weren't going to sign him to an extension. And to be able to get that value for him and possibly add someone who would be here uh, for a longer period of time made sense for where we were. He wouldn't be eligible for an extension for two more seasons. You made that determination after one year? We did make that determination based on the defense that we have, the scheme that we have. Um, and after talking about the, um, our corner position with the coaches, um, we were concerned about getting the same value if it was the same situation uh, going forward. And obviously, you can only do with the information you have at the time. Howie, two players on your defensive line, Connor Barwin, who's coming, has a pretty large number, um, and also Benny Logan, who's, who's unrestricted. Your thoughts on, on those two and, and whether they're going to be back? Yeah, both tremendous players and tremendous people. Um, you know, really fortunate to have both those guys on our team. Uh, you'd like to have everyone back, and I think that's uh, our situation here. Certainly want to build along the lines in the D-line. Hey, Howie, uh, I know you can't speak uh, specifically about contracts, but generally, do you anticipate uh, approaching veteran guys about taking pay cuts? Yeah, as we look towards putting a plan in place, uh, we got to look at uh, everyone on the team and figure out what the value is. Um, Again, don't want to talk about anyone specifically out of respect for those guys about contract situations, but um, we got to do whatever's in the best interest of this team going forward. Howie, um, when, when you look at the wide receiver position, obviously there wasn't a whole lot of production from the outside guys, especially. Um, going forward, I mean, do you feel like it's necessary to address that position both in free agency and in the draft? Well, it seems like a long time ago we're, we're leading the National Football League in 20-plus plays, and um, I don't have a DeLorean time machine to go back in time and uh, get some of those guys back. We have a young group. We have a young room. Um, they need to continue to grow, and uh, it's one of the things, among others, that we need to look at. Howie, uh, a lot of people have speculated about your cap situation heading into the offseason. How would you uh, equate it to previous years, uh, and are you going to have to make a lot of moves to get to the point where you can be active in free agency? It's unusual, um, certainly since... Um, I've been here to have a a more challenging situation. But uh, part of our job in the front office is to look at this over a long period of time. So uh, as we sit here today, it isn't like the first time that we're kind of looking at that situation. Um, And we'll do whatever's best for the football team. Um, Howie, uh, last last spring, uh, Jeffrey Lurie sent a bunch of us kind of scrambling to Google to look up this term ARFID. Uh, Now that we all kind of have an idea of what that is, can you shed some light on how that's kind of helped the team or what? How you've exactly implemented that? The RIFD data, ARFID. Um, Yeah, I think that what that does is it allows you to figure out your player's speed and compare it to previous speeds to see um, where they are in terms of practice load. Um, Not sure I'm the expert in that area, but we do have people who handle that for us and kind of dumb it down for people like me.
Howie, you, you've talked about back over here. You've talked about this plan that you guys have with Carson and Fletcher and building around those guys. Time frame on when you believe this team will be, you know, a perennial playoff team and and really in play for a Super Bowl and things like that with this plan. You know, we got a lot of work to do here in this offseason. Um, so as we sit here right now, it, it's hard to figure out exactly what we're going to be because um, we don't know what the offseason is going to hold for us. Um, we could have a great plan, but it's also subject to other things. Uh, we're either picking 14th or 15th. Um, who's going to be there at that pick? How's free agency going to go with our own players and players going forward? But when we look at September, and Carson was the rookie of the month, and Fletcher was a defensive player of the month. That's the kind of impact we need, certainly from those two guys. And, and one last thing, and, and as you're making these decisions, you've been here a long time. It's been a long time since this team has won a playoff game. How do you balance with being patient and doing the right thing for the long term and this plan versus, you know, we need to start winning playoff games here? Yeah, I think you go back and you look at 2008 when we were in a championship game, and then 2009 and 10, and... 10 and 6 isn't good enough to get home field advantage, uh, to compete for a championship. I mean, it's a huge edge to have that buy. And so we got to build the team with that in mind. Um, I think some of the things that we've done over the past few years have been to get to 10 and 6, and that's not good enough. Howie, how would you evaluate the play of Jason Kelsey and Brandon Brooks this year? Well, you start with Jason Kelsey, and you look at how his peers looked at him. He was a second alternate to the Pro Bowl. Um, he's been a consistent player since he's been in Philadelphia. Um, exceptional athleticism. Um, played really well towards the end of the year. And a guy that's been a true eagle. In terms of Brandon Brooks, um, he had an incident here uh, towards the end of the season. I know he's spoken to all of you about that. But you talk about his physical ability and the kind of player that he is when he's on the field. Uh, we feel like he's a building block as well. Uh, Howie, how, how do you evaluate Doug Peterson uh, as a rookie head coach, the job he did? Yeah, I think we talked about that when we started with Zach, uh, about just the adversity that he faced, uh, the energy he brings every day to that football team, and just hearing our players talk about how much they love playing for him. Um, it's something really promising. We're really excited to see what we have in store going forward. Uh, he does a great job with our rookie quarterback and the rest of our team and a tremendous tribute to him and his character for what he went through this year and how the team played for him. Howie, follow up on what you just said about kind of building to be 10 and 6. How, how does that manifest itself, and, and how do you, when you look back, what kind of mistakes were part of that, and, and how do you build for to be a championship team as opposed to a 10 and 6 team? Yeah, when you look at a 10 and 6 teams, you can put Band-Aids on some things, and... Um, I mean, I think you look at the cornerback position, and what we've done at the cornerback position is put Band-Aids on things. And uh, it's funny because I don't notice a lot of the articles that are around the building that are hung up, but last week I noticed an article that uh, was from 2003 and talked about how the Eagles' future was bright because they have a 26-year-old quarterback to start. Uh, we had a 24-year-old quarterback. We have to do the right things so that when you look around the league, those guys are all taken off. The team is ready to take off with them. And there's a big difference between competing to make the playoffs and being a wild card team <coughs> and getting a bye in the playoffs. Um, Howie, what's your take on the uh, recent trend of uh, college players skipping bowl games? Does that knock them necessarily knock them down a, a notch? 
you got to look at each case um, situation by situation and um, you know certainly respect uh, the player's decision and when you get a chance to sit down with them you'll ask them their perspective because obviously we can't do that this time. Hallie both here and elsewhere we've seen the dynamic of the, of the coach GM relationship. Um, what's Doug's role in player personnel and how has that dynamic been going? Yeah, great. I mean, unbelievable guy, unbelievable energy. He asked a lot of questions about things that we're doing. We asked for his input. Um, we funneled down the information for him and his staff. But um, we need to know what they need. We need to know what it looks like for them uh, at each position. They do a great job giving us that insight, um, starting with Doug and then funneling down to the rest of his staff. As a follow-up to that, was management involved in all, at all? in playing time distribution for players this year? No, that's a total coach's decision. Well, just to get a little bit more further clarity on the roles that you're going to have versus Joe Douglas. Mm -hmm. So when are you active? Or when are you, you know, you going to be hands-on? And exactly what responsibilities fall to Joe and Joe alone? Yeah, he runs the player personnel department. Um, he runs the player personnel department, and um, he reports to me. And so we meet every day, um, a lot of times a day. And he's able to funnel down the information and the thought process that he has with his scouting staff. And our job, and really my job, is to help make good decisions. You know, um, I think that's something that uh, I could help with with some of the experiences I've had, good and bad. And really excited for him to put his own spin on it. And uh, I think that's already started. How you you mentioned jumping in your uh, DeLorean and going back in time. Yeah. If you could, I was really uh, excited about that. Would line. you? Yeah. Would you? Have, it's uh, from a um, from a movie, right? Uh, would you have? Not know uh, yeah. what movie that's <laughs> no, no, no. There's someone actually used that line in a movie. The exact one about jump. Anyway, okay. um, would you have uh, released Deshaun Jackson? Um, and then, if you were in charge personnel, would you have traded Lashawn McCoy? These are two guys that had thousand yard seasons this year. I cannot talk about any player who's under contract for another team. Okay. Uh, well, but aren't they still technically? Isn't Deshaun now officially a, fr a free agent? Nobody's a free agent until. Um, February after the combine. Right. Okay. So, uh, what kind of receivers then are you kind of would you would you want per se uh, in free agency if you were going that? My direction? second favorite answer is that I don't want to give any answers to the test. Okay. Uh, Howie, what's it been like for you this past year being back in this position after sort of being off on the side and just the ups and downs that have been back in it? Well, it was great perspective. Um, Really, to be fair, um, being on the side gave me um, incredible perspective, um, show much how much I valued the relationships, um, how much I cared about this team. Um, we have a lot of really good people here. I think one of the reasons we were able to uh, keep our priorities aligned and um, decide that we had to have a quarterback that when we looked on the field thought that he could stabilize the position for 10 years is because you get it out of that day-to-day -day mode of how are we going to make the playoffs and get into how we're going to build this team uh, for sustained success. Howie, when, when you look at your rookie class and taking, you know, taking Carson out of the picture, kind of, you got contributions from pretty much everyone else, um, Wendell, Isaac, Big V, Jalen Mills. How, I know some of that obviously was out of necessity, but like, what were your kind of impressions of the way those guys played and the experience they got and how much you can rely on them going forward? Well, it's interesting, um, Tom Donahoe, who's a huge part of what we do and was a huge help uh, last offseason to this organization, uh, met with the rookies about a month ago. He asked to meet with them. And he's been around this league a long time. 
and he just talked about his observations of how hard they work, um, their determination, their grit, their work ethic. We didn't have a second round pick, we didn't have a fourth round pick, but we really do feel like those guys um, and Carson to start are gonna be part of a core group going forward. Uh, you mentioned the importance of building a team that has the ability to get that by instead of being a 10 and 16. Um, after the game on Sunday, Doug said that he thought this team was close. Um, what do you think this team is close to and, and how do you kind of view what he said and, and view where the team is right now? Yeah, I, I think when you look at how hard the team is playing for him and how many close games we're in, um, love that perspective from our coaching staff and our players. Uh, we, we have a little different role here in the front office. You know, there's always going to be things that we look at and try to get better. Um, but again, you know, we're trying to compete with the best teams in the National Football League. Um, we're certainly not there right now as we stand but feel a lot better than where we stood last year um, at this time. This offseason, you brought in Leotis and Ron Brooks and Nigel and Tulloch, all former guys who played for Jim Schwartz. Mm -hmm. how, how much of those acquisitions were Jim wanting those players to bring in, and, and how much was it your own evaluation of, of what those players brought to the table? Well, I think first when you change coaching staffs and you have guys who've played in a scheme and the coaches are describing to you what they're looking for, it's easy to go back and watch the tape and see guys in those schemes to kind of get through the moment. Um, and for certain positions, that's what we were trying to do last year. Uh, but again, you know, our job is to improve in all areas um, and we weren't perfect on free agency as a whole. Uh, our batting average is never going to be 100%, unfortunately. we got to learn from that and do a better job as we go forward. I'm going to try again with Jeff's question <coughs> in a different way. How challenging has it been to undo some of the things that happened during your predecessor's administration as GM? You know, I think you're just dealing with the reality of the situation, and... Um, I could say sitting up here last year, it was challenging. It was a challenging situation, and it starts with the quarterback position. Um, we didn't have a starting quarterback under contract. Uh, he was a free agent. We were picking 13th with no two. And uh, we sat down and we said, if we can come out of this offseason and sit here next season at this time and feel like we had a permanent answer at that position, we're going in the right direction. And so um, I know it's tough to boil it down to that, but that was how important we thought it was um, in that situation to get it. And part of that was the analysis that there was a graying of the quarterback position in the National Football League. Um, we had done a preliminary analysis of what was coming out going forward, and we just felt like it was a unique moment to be able to move up. Howie, when you look at building around Carson Wentz, obviously a lot of needs on both sides of the football. How much of a variable is time, both for your own perspective for job security, your own perspective in terms of building the team to be able to build a contending team quickly enough and, and good enough to compete around Carson Wentz and maximize him. Yeah, I, I want to be clear. I mean, this is not about me. Um, this is about doing the right things for the Philadelphia Eagles. And we have to be disciplined. We have to stick to our plan. Um, we have to stick to our process. And um, that has to show up in the draft. I mean, uh, I'm sure that everyone can sit here and write about positions of need, um, understand that, but we're going to do what's right when you have um, some young core players. Howie, given that you're, you're looking at this big picture, but, and you made the Band-Aid comment, but you also have some immediate needs, wide receiver, cornerback, running back. 
I wasn't nodding towards the position <laughs> journey. I was just <laughs> right. nodding. No, to no, your no I get you. But so, you know, how do you uh, so how do you approach free agency, knowing that you are taking this big picture approach, but also do have some some immediate holes to fill? Yeah, ideally, in free agency, you're signing 26, 27 year old guys who can be part of the core. Um, unfortunately, teams are doing a good job locking those guys up as well. So um, we have to try to balance that and um, bringing guys here that fit what we're trying to do and understand that there's no way to do everything in one offseason um, and just look at each situation individually. Howie, there's been <clears> – <throat> Howie, uh, you talked earlier about uh... – Is this a record for consecutive questions, Derek Boyko? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clarifying your nods also, by the yeah. way. Uh, the degree of difficulty in going for 13 and three or whatever, as opposed to 10 and six is obviously much greater and the risk is much greater. And mm -hmm. the, I guess, potential for success is maybe a little bit less. How do you accept the risk? I mean, in your position where you sit is risk something that you say, Hey, this is part of the job. It might work. We we're going to do everything to make sure we hope it works, but it might not work. And are you different in terms of your perspective on risk than you were, uh, before you had your your year off or whatever you want to call it, do you did you come back saying, "Hey, I'm more apt to let's just go"? No question. I think that when you look at it, it's there are certain things that it's almost impossible to win a championship without. Um, and I think that when I look back at some of the mistakes I made, they were about just trying to get into the playoffs and believing that once you get into the playoffs, maybe you have a chance every year because. Um, it's a shorter field, and um, you can just get hot. But really, when you look at the Super Bowl champions over the last decade, um, really since the Super Bowl is in effect, they all have a franchise quarterback. And your easiest way to be a perennial contender is with that. And um, to have a guy like Carson makes it feel like uh, you're doing the right thing when you don't do a lot of Band-Aids. And, you know, Tim talked about Band-Aids. Um, are there opportunities at some point to do one year uh, stop guy hold the stop gap hold the fort? Sure, and uh, I'm not sitting here saying that there won't be any of those, but um, we got to manage our risk. Howie, I understand you say it's not about you, but there is a reason why you're standing up there. How would you evaluate the season you had? Well, it starts with the quarterback position, and um, I was very vocal internally about the need to have a long-term answer at that position and uh, felt like it was the most important thing we could possibly do. Um, I sit up here really excited about the future of this franchise, but knowing that there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, we didn't have the same amount of resources that we're used to. You know, we didn't have a second-round pick. We had a lot of guys becoming free agents over the, uh, a two-year period of time. Um, I'm excited about the work our scouting staff did in the draft without a second- and fourth-round pick. But, um, again, we got a lot of work to do. How, how does um, Joe Douglas, if you can give some, uh, some specifics on how he looks at players a little differently than you? You know, I, I think it's easy for us to talk about the players um, when we were going to five championship games and when they were in the Super Bowl and just talk about um, why we felt really good about the players that were on our roster at that time and what they were looking for when they won a world championship. There's no, there's no tangible... There is, but... Howie, the, uh, the Bradford trade allowed you to... Oh, Paul, sorry. It allowed you to recoup uh, some of the picks that you lost in the uh, uh, trade-up for Carson. 
It also allowed you to play him as a rookie, which he wouldn't have done if Sam had stayed. How beneficial has that been to his development, and how has it speeded up the whole process of this club getting good again? Well, the first part about that trade was uh, the best trades are win-win scenarios. And Sam, with the season he had, and um, reading the reports about how happy they are with Sam, um, the Vikings got exactly what they were looking for with Sam Bradford. And for us, uh, all the reasons that you outlined, um, looking at it now, were huge for this organization going forward. For him to get the experience, um, to be able to go into Seattle as a rookie, you know, to play on the road against the NFC East teams, to play 16 games, um, that's invaluable. And for him to not have to do that you know, next year or the year after, looking back, um, really, uh, that set us up, um, hopefully, for success going forward. Howie, in the past, you have really emphasized re-signing your own picks, uh, and everybody understands that's a vital part of being a successful organization. But can you also overvalue those guys? And is it a danger giving them top-of-position contracts, and they maybe aren't top-of-position players when, you know, a year or two down the road? Yes, I think there is that danger, and I think that's another one of the values that you have by bringing people outside this organization to look at your roster and to be able to give you different perspective because um, we're human and there's no doubt that um, just like your kids you want to see your own players succeed and so um, i think we have that balance now to make sure that um, we have a good way of making these decisions and seeing it through a different lens because guys like Jason Peters, Darren Sproul, some of your better players are older players, because of your cap situation, uh, I mean, this is an obvious thing, but how imperative is it that you guys really draft well over this next period? No question. And, again, it's one of the things where you look back and um, where our draft board was in January and when we made some decisions, we compromised on guys as opposed to just sticking to the board and doing the right thing, not based on a need this year, but based on who's the best player to be part of a core going forward. Um, and I said to you, you're very confident that that will not happen again. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.